Good morning, church. My name is Matt Cecil. I'm the associate pastor here at Wesley. Today we pick up where we left off last week. Uh, we read that in Christ last week, we read, we are a new creation. We are made of new things. The old is gone. The new has arrived. And after Rick read that, he left us, or he asked a question last week. He said, shouldn't we live kind of like we're made of new things? Shouldn't we live into that new creation? And that's where we pick up this week. I'm in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 18. Listen for the good news. All of these new things are from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and who gave us the ministry of reconciliation. In other words, God was reconciling the world to himself through Christ by not counting people's sins against them. He has trusted us with this message of reconciliation. So we are ambassadors who represent Christ. God is negotiating with you through us. We beg you as Christ's representatives, be reconciled to God. God caused the one who didn't know sin to be sin for our sake, so that through him we could become the righteousness of God. May God bless the reading of his holy word. Several years ago, I was working on a project at my home church, uh, the church I grew up in in Austin, and we were building an outdoor classroom area, uh, a circle of benches is actually what it turned out to be. There was crushed granite at the bottom. We had a cement curb going around it. It looked very nice. And this classroom area uh, was underneath a beautiful and large oak tree in the middle of an otherwise empty field. Uh, and in this classroom, we had five benches and we had a cross, and I was in charge of the cross. I wanted to make it look really nice. I wanted it to be the obvious focal point of the classroom area. We wanted it to be really nice, and so we bought uh, six by six redwood, and that was what we were gonna make it, and it was gonna be very tall. The, I believe the, the topping, the standing beam, we actually put into the ground was nine feet tall, so we wanted it to be uh, the focal point. We wanted it to look just really good, and because it was redwood, the concern that I had about this whole project was I really want to protect its natural color. This is a beautiful piece of wood. I wasn't buying yellow wood or something. I wasn't buying just pine. This was a beautiful piece of wood. I wanted to protect the natural redwood color that it had. And so I didn't want to paint it, obviously. I didn't really want to stain it because I knew a stain would also change the color. You might be able to see the grain through a stain, but I didn't want to cover up what was naturally there. But I also knew I needed to, needed to protect it it's sitting here under a tree, which will undoubtedly have uh, birds in it. It's sitting there under a tree in the weather. 
I needed to protect it somehow, and so something did have to go on, to, on it. What I was really looking for was a perfectly clear outdoor sealant. And the sealant that we went with, uh, well, we couldn't find one that was perfectly clear. I don't know, some of you, I suspect, have worked more with wood than I have. I don't know if this doesn't exist. I don't know if I was given bad information. I don't know if when I went to Home Depot, they just didn't have the product I was looking for. But we couldn't find a perfectly clear outdoor sealant. And so we went with something that when I put it on, when I brushed it on the wood, uh, the wood got darker, just naturally did. I could still see the grain, it still kind of sort of looked like redwood. Some of the natural color was still there, but it was noticeably darker. I couldn't find the perfect, clear sealant. And I wasn't all that happy with it, but the deed was done. It wasn't exactly what I wanted, but I wasn't about to sand the whole cross down again and start fresh. We were on a timetable I needed to stick the cross in the ground so that we could have a completed classroom. And I'll tell you, it looked stained, and that's because, quite frankly, it was stained. And that's just what we had. Throughout this series, this restored series, that we're in the third week of, we'll, I believe we'll close next week, Throughout this Restored series, we've been talking a lot about that we are made in the image of God. We have the incredible capacity for good. We have an incredible capacity for love and grace, and that's all because we are made in the image of God. But that image, it has a stain on it something that we don't like, something that changes our color, something that taints us. And it's something that marks us for sin. And so just as the image of God allows for an incredible amount of good, an incredible amount of love that we can do, this stain that coats us, this stain that is covering us, it allows for an incredible amount of sin. And you've seen it before. You've seen both of these things before. The image of God shining through people as we do some amazing things. You've seen the best in humanity when we come together and help each other. And sometimes that's after a disaster or a tragedy, a flood, for instance. But sometimes it's on any given day when people help out or volunteer and people share the good news of Christ. But you've, of course, also seen the worst in humanity. It doesn't take too long watching the news on an, any evening and you see what humans are capable of. You can see the worst pretty quickly. Paul, in our passage this morning, writing to this church in Corinth is telling us also that that stain, that stain that marks us for sin, that stain that has covered us, it's gone. It's washed away. 
And now he's telling us to live into the new life, the new creation, the new things that we're made of. He's telling us to live into that new life that we have without the stain. Put another way, he's telling us to live out our lives as created in the image of God. Live into that beautiful image in which we were created. And there are two parts of this. There are two parts in getting us to that, to living in that way. The first is we have to wash away the sin, or rather the sin has, the stain has to be washed away. And then the second part is the living, right? The actual action of living into that image of God. And Paul writes about both of these. The washing away of the stain in verse 18 and again in 21, God reconciled us to himself through, through Christ. God caused the one who knew no sin to be sin for our sake. This is the cross. This is Christ going to the cross. We have no power to wash that stain away. It's not something we can work at. It's not something we can do. It's not something that we get to if we read enough scripture or if we go to enough Sunday morning worship services. It's not something we can do. Christ went to the cross, a sacrifice for everybody. God was reconciling the world to himself through Christ. Our sins are forgiven. Our sins are pardoned. God was reconciling. God was reconciling us to himself. And our sins are no longer counted at all against us in this reconciliation. This new creation that we are in, that we live into, that we have right now, this new creation does absolutely no good if we still have a stain on it. And so Paul says we don't. God has reconciled us. The cross has reconciled us. Cleans all of that away. The stain is entirely removed. That's the power and the grace of the cross. And through it, we are set free. Through that grace, we are given a clean slate. Nothing we did before is held against us in God's eyes, and so we can start fresh as children made in the image of God, which is a wonderful thing. We now have a clean slate, but I'll ask you a couple questions about a clean slate. In your home, do you have white walls? Did you drive here today in a white car? You have white carpet somewhere in your house. I'll tell you, we don't have any of that here at Wesley. Uh, the floor that we're on right now isn't white. The carpet that's up here on the stage isn't white. The walls down the hallway, not white. And I wasn't here when any of that was done. Uh, so I don't know the discussion that took place. Uh, but I suspect at least part of the reason, part of the discussion that we didn't go with white was because it's really, really easy to stain a clean slate. It's really, really easy to mess up something that has just been washed, to dirty something that is perfectly new, perfectly clean. 
really easy to get that stain right back on. And so, God has reconciled us to himself through Christ on the cross, and I'll tell you, that's the lion's share of the work. That's by far the bulk of the work because it's something we can't do. We have no power of it. But there is this second piece. And Paul is begging us in this second piece. Paul is begging us in verse 20. Be reconciled to God. I imagine Paul is on his knees. That's the way at least it seems to be described to me. In verse 20, Paul is begging on his knees be reconciled to God. You've been made of new things. You are a new creation. You have been washed clean all because of God through Christ. Now all you have to do, as if it were small, all you have to do is reconcile yourselves to God, live into this new life. And in verse 21, he explains it even further. He says, become the righteousness of God. You see, these are actions, these are requests that Paul is making of us that we should be doing so that we stay clean, that we continue to have that clean slate. These are actions that we do so that we live into that image. Live like you are saved because you are. Live like you have abundant life because you do. Live into the image of God in which you were created and just like we said at the beginning, that means an incredible capacity to love. When we reconcile ourselves to God, we love with everything that we have. When we reconcile ourselves to God, we love our neighbor as we love ourselves. We serve where God is calling us to serve. Whether that's at the pumpkin patch, today or later on this month, whether that's helping out or participating in Kairos prison ministry, which I'm excited to participate in for the very first time this coming weekend. We serve where God has calling us to serve. We serve by putting together teams after the Imelda flood, by going to homes and mucking out houses. We serve by getting a little dirty we serve by helping to build a Habitat for Humanity home. We serve by doing some wonderful fundraising for our missions through the garage sale. We serve when we go and do all of these mission things, these mission projects. It's wonderful. It's good work. It's the righteousness of God. But we also become the righteousness of God when we tithe, when we go to Bible studies on Wednesday nights, when we come to worship on Sunday morning and go to Sunday school afterwards, we become the righteousness of God when we share the good news of Christ's death and resurrection, when we tell people that we serve a risen Savior. In short, when we are an ambassador for Christ, we become the righteousness of God. Paul is begging us to be reconciled to God as an action that we take, 
or rather a series of actions that we continuously take so that we continue to be the righteousness of God. See, it's not about doing one thing every once in a while, doing one good action a week, or even one good action a day. That's really not what this is about. It's about living your entire life, knowing that God's grace has washed over you and living with that morning, noon, and night. It's about every breath. It's about every action. It's about everything we do and letting that be your defining and determining cause for everything. We serve a risen Savior. Today, in just a few minutes, we will celebrate Holy Communion. We ask forgiveness and pardon for our sins. We ask God to bring us back into a right relationship with Christ. We ask to be made whole again. And through the sacrament, we are given God's grace for just that. We are given the new slate once again because perhaps we became a little dirty. Perhaps the stain just got back a little bit. We receive that clean slate. We are reconciled to God through Christ. And then we ask through this sacrament to be the body of Christ redeemed by his blood for the entire world. Through this sacrament, we, the church, are sent into the world to be the righteousness of God. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for who you are and the grace that you so freely give. We need that grace now, today, and forevermore.